Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 39, how you feeling, buddy? I'm good, I'm awake, even though this is a second coffee of the day for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm groggy, actually, and I think it's from the vaccine yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah, you got vaxxed. We'll talk Did you vaccines, get, yeah. Did you get the chills or anything like that from yours? Um, I got a little achy, so I'm fully vaccinated now, and I am, Same. I am just thrilled about that because you know it's the light at the end of the tunnel i'm so excited that you know hopefully this has all come to an end although there's talks about a fourth wave now as well as people as the as the weather gets nicer and people are going out you know you still got to protect yourself with the masks and social distance until we can get past this but yeah no i got the second dose and i heard the second dose is the doozy and yes. for me, I was just tired. I was like drowsy, but I think it was also because I, I normally nap <laughs> uh, <Right>. when I get <laughs> up early in the morning and I had an early appointment. So mm-hmm. there was no difference there for me. Um, but um, but I was a little achy. I just had like aches. And I don't know how much was like psychosomatic or anything like that as well. It's just like because I heard the second one was a doozy. But uh, after a day or so... I back to normal self so i you know i'm lucky because i know some people you know it does affect but again it's all it's mostly manageable from what yeah. i heard yeah maybe a I got few the outliers but how are you feeling yeah I, I got the chills but i'm all good now so it was a you know a small price to pay i'm glad uh i'm glad we're both firing on all cylinders now i'm gonna billboard just a few things because we have an exciting episode here we've got a nemcon thing to talk about yeah we've got like cameo stuff to talk about (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i've had a really busy crazy week Mm -hmm. uh you've got some public shows coming up i mean there's a lot to dive into today i don't even know where to begin right now i think we need to start with a correction because we have several corrections here uh from the last episode if you're listening uh let's get right into the the trivia you asked now, technically, you are right. However, oh. depending on how you phrase the question, there was some uh, things up in the air. because if Ambiguity. You, yeah. If you asked, uh, what was the tallest dog, right? And uh, if, if you're going by dog breed, I was actually right initially when I said wolfhound. Actually, the Irish wolfhound tends to be the tallest dog over the Great Dane, which was the answer, spoiler alert, if you're listening in reverse order <laughs> to these episodes. Uh, but the actual tallest dog, I think, from, from where you got your question, was the Guinness Book of Records tallest dog, which was one specific dog who was oh. who was named Zeus, who happened to be a Great Dane, and uh, standing on his hind legs, he was seven feet five inches tall i'm gonna have to say that counts as a full-blown correction because in my mind i was asking you breed yeah you were thinking breed yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah so either way though i i'm gonna count that as i was right 100 percent. and i'm gonna do this too because why not <laughs> wow it feels weird to hear that so early in the episode but i'll take it um also apparently i mentioned my mom's car and my brother told me i totally got the make wrong uh it was a it's a subaru crosstrek not a she doesn't drive a nissan i don't know if anyone cares other than my family so that's out there. <laughs> <laughs> but i do drive subaru and uh i just like to always point out whenever subaru comes up is uh subaru backwards is you are a bus so there you go oh. you got a little bit of how did you not there. know that she had essentially the same make of your car uh, she changed it recently. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, not too long ago. I think at one point she drew Nissan, uh, drove a Nissan. We were very much a Nissan family at one point. Yeah, this but... is like cold reading now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at one point she drove a vehicle that was not yeah, a Subaru. Yeah. yeah, just throw out a make and it's like I get some connection to Toyota. Someone had a Nissan here. I'm not sure if it was you or maybe someone in your family, someone you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a friend. <laughs> maybe you drove by a Nissan dealership. <laughs> exactly. Anywho. It's all a hit. It's all a hit when you're doing psychic readings. Um and then uh, the last correction is I, I just wanted to attribute the correct quote because I think in the last episode I said something similar. But the tro- quote I was trying to quote was um, 
I hate writing. I love having written is a tribute to Dorothy Parker. So it, I like that sentiment. Anyway, Great those quote. are all the corrections from the corrections department. Love it. Yeah. So what have you been up to this week, Matt? You're gearing up for the show still? Yeah, man. Been in the rehearsals a lot. Uh, as you, you and I chatted about a little bit before we started here, like it's been a pretty crazy uh, week for me, just like going out and doing things, which I'm a little bit more of a homebody generally, but I've really been out and about, as you might have noticed. I like that you're like, I got vaccinated, now I'm just going to leave the house. <laughs> you know you're supposed to wait for that to kick in a little bit, right? <laughs> well, still rocking the mask and still mm-hmm. doing the distance. So. Yeah, good, good, good. So I got to get used to it, though, too, like even just because I'm going to be in a theater with people. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's yeah. good to kind of get used to being out and interacting and all that stuff. So And, and putting on, like, actual pants and... Putting on it. You know, I got called out. What? By a friend of mine this weekend. (laughs) So uh, I'm with a friend, uh, just a, uh, and it's a small uh, outdoor gathering Mm -hmm. in uh, in his backyard. And he says to me, Oh, I'm so glad we're doing this. This is so much fun. Like, I'm just so glad you could be here. Like, I knew you were going to come in sweatpants, but it's fine. I was like, Whoa, whoa, what? I swear to God. I was like, wait, wait, what was that? Was that a dig? What do you mean? He's like, and then I pointed out someone else that had sweatpants on. Actually, they were almost like pajamas. I was like, look at this guy over here. He's got like pajamas on. He's like, yeah, but for him, it's a one-time thing. For you, it's a lifestyle. Whoa. Are you known? (laughs) I I never really thought of this. Are you known for like wearing sweatpants when you're not on stage, I guess? I wasn't aware of it, but like I don't generally wear real pants i usually they there's like a drawstring involved <laughs> okay well, so like you, whether they're comfort pants of some sort usually so if you want to dress up as matt franco for halloween now you know <laughs> add in the the drawstring sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if it's fair to call them sweatpants but they're just not formal you could right, say that right yeah. there you go non-formal pants casual cotton you know so you had a little backyard gathering what else were you up to this week because your instagram Uh, looked crazy (laughs) i tried to jump off the stratosphere with a couple of the uh, cast members of vanderpump rules what (laughs) (laughs) so i've heard of vanderpump rules but uh, how do you how do you know these people uh like i'm not familiar i just don't watch those types of shows but i know they're huge and they have huge followings like they're big celebrities, you know, reality show celebrities. Yeah. Right? I'll, well, I'll, through through mutual friends, and we did we recorded some social media stuff in the afternoon, uh, around three o'clock, and next thing I know, we're Tiana and I are getting home. It's two in the morning. This is like a out on the town Vegas night. Wow. Yeah, this is an out on the town Vegas night for sure. But you can still uh, tell it's the pandemic because it's only two a.m. rather than like four or five. <laughs> right, <6 right>. a.m. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the fun parts here, just because you mentioned them being, you know, well known and well recognized. There was a, a one point in the night where we actually went to because they're they're also kind of in the Caesar's family a bit. So anyway, keep an eye out for some of this uh, content. I did some magic for them and stuff, which we'll eventually see on YouTube or oh, wherever fun. else. But um. At one point in the afternoon, um, the, so one's Tom Sandoval, the other one is Tom Schwartz. Okay. Both main characters on the show. And uh, they said, hey, why don't we head over to the Vanderpump restaurant? They have a restaurant over at uh, Caesars. So that's what the whole show is about. Mm-hmm. It's a family that owns a restaurant. So the gotcha. Vanderpump restaurant's there. And uh, so we go in, and we're hanging out there for a bit. And a couple of fans of the show recognize them as being – the guys from the show can you imagine going to that restaurant and seeing the people from the show that don't even live in vegas these people's lives were made it really was an amazing moment for me just to like see that happen i was like oh my god these people can't believe this is happening right now because they're just going to the restaurant and like oh my god there's the guys from the show right right because I, I felt the same like that was going to happen when I went to like the Pawn Stars pawn shop in Vegas. But right. none and of those guys happen. were working there at the time. Right, right. I think they just do the television show and don't actually work there. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, and, and they were very gracious with with, uh, with the people coming over and so on. So it was really neat. But, um, yeah, what, what, a, what a wild night out. And I took them to uh, Peppermill at the end of the night. 
oh well the pepper mill's a, a vegas staple right yeah yeah so that was that i've was only a been good time. once i've only been once and how kitschy it was <laughs> did i bring you i think maybe it might have been yeah. you yeah i, I feel like know. i might have they have like giant sundays and stuff they do yeah <laughs> they have giant everything giant portions and then like a giant fireplace room that's really cool if and you're coming to vegas check out the pepper mill it is definitely a historic spot so much neon so much neon in that place <laughs> it's uh, um, overwhelming uh, yeah that's great man uh well it sounds like you had a blast i i know there was like fire too there's a lot of fire spinning i saw on your instagram yeah i was hanging out with some uh friends that are sort of in the circus world so jugglers mm-hmm. and acrobats and um kind of like magicians would get together and jam magic they uh they jam like circus stuff so i i learned a little bit about some of that stuff which was fun i got to try juggling clubs for the first time which i've always wanted to do because i can juggle but i've never done clubs and uh did that got to ride some goal cart go-karts and stuff that like drift and spin out it was a wild weekend for me (laughs) it was after three days in a row i was ready for a nap i love these stories because like again just because we're in this world like that's like a normal occurrence oh i was just hanging out with circus people like like no other profession is just or i guess unless you're in circus world or like variety (laughs) variety entertaining entertainment is like oh i just hung out with you know a a, whatever a contortionist a fire spinner you know like it's not a normal thing and i remember taking my mom to the uh barnum bailey circus and like i knew one of the clowns or i had met one of the clowns and we were having dinner for the first time i took her to dinner with a clown and that's like one of her favorite stories is to say she had dinner with a ringling clown so you know that's it's awesome. just so fun to to see these little peeks into different worlds that are not you know the normal everyday kind of life situations right right yeah i was uh we were in the walking in my neighborhood recently and there were some people like looking at a house that was like an open house or something mm-hmm and they asked Tiana and I a couple of like questions about like the area. And she's like, Hey, I don't mean to be rude, but like, you know, you guys are young enough to be my kids. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I, uh, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it. I might've said, I, I perform here or a magician. I remember exactly what I said. And, uh, like her main fascination was she turns right to Tiana and goes, Oh, so like you're married to a magician <laughs> that was the part that got her that's like where her mind went on that <laughs> that's that's really funny is it those moments that you just like wish a billboard was right by so you could just like point <laughs> not like, particularly yeah, i mean yeah. maybe 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 a few years back now i just kind of embraced the yeah, the, the awkwardness of whatever is going to transpire <laughs> Yeah, and that's a whole other thing of being married to a magician and, uh, you know, being uh, constantly seeing tricks and seeing if they fool fool you. And you you were also pointing out like, oh, yeah, you were you were demo. You had some tutorials on your Instagram lately, too, of uh, you throwing cards and you're like, I got to pick these up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Tiana was like, "Uh, some of those hit me. (laughs) Yeah. Now, hers was a joke. She wasn't behind the camera, so it was a great joke. Mine was just dead serious. I've been picking up cards for many years, and I'll be picking them up for years to come. So, Great. Well, we finished the uh, let's recap Matt's Instagram section of the podcast. and uh... Well, actually, I was going to ask you, do you oh, know more. what inspired the tutorials? <laughs> no, no, no. Do, are you f- familiar with shuffle dancing? Shuffle dancing? I think it might just be called shuffling, but like, yeah, shuffle dance. It's like a dance. I know and it's the, really big on Instagram. I know the truffle shuffle. Nope. From Goonies. Well, first of all, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. I mean, Wait, I don't... the magic move? The slight? No, no, no. That's named after a dance in the Goonies. See, I love oh, okay. that your point of reference is a magic trick, but that's a <laughs> pop culture thing, a movie. Have you even seen the Goonies, Matt? I should already I actually used to love it when I was a kid, but okay. it's been many years, yeah. So Chunk would dance. Anyway. <laughs> the no, it's... Thing. um. I don't even know how to describe it, but yeah, it's just like a a cool dance that's pretty much happens mostly from the waist down. It's almost like a jig, like it's like, and and it's really popular on on Instagram. These people do, and then and they do these tutorials, and they all do it to the same song, where like they start off doing one step slow, then the next step slow, and they do that like four or five times, and then immediately it's just amazingly fast and cyclical. 
And I was like, who the heck's ever going to be able to learn by watching that? But I was like, well, I don't know, but I think I could find a couple of magic applications or, you know, right. uh, flourish applications that fit the same bill. So that's why I did some of those, which that's is cool. actually really fun. Well, that's great, man. That's really inspired fun. by the shuffle dance videos. You should look them up. I, I, I follow a couple of those accounts. They're actually really cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll check them out. That sounds... I think you would like it. I mean, I'm not going to start dancing. Guess what? Neither am I. <laughs> I could do the travel shuffle, though. Now uh, we've concluded the Instagram <laughs> catch up. Should we just go straight to Cameo now? I, I mean, that seems like a good fit. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Cameo now. I'm officially Woo! Cameo level famous, I guess. <laughs> Approved. Uh, so, again, I'm always competing with my other minor celebrity friend, friends of who is the least famous celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend uh, uh, Matt writes the Eliminator for uh, ESPN, and we always talk about how uh, how – who's who's less famous between the two and i think he's there's a lot of nascar fans so i think he's more famous <laughs> okay well is he on cameo but, though uh, yeah cameo no if you could uh if you want to have me do a shout out a birthday message happy to do anything like that you can find me uh if you just search i think you can even just type in cameo.com slash e diddleman uh, to find me directly, but uh, it took a little effort to get me into the uh, the the America's Got Talent uh, search category and figuring all that out. But uh, yeah, I'm there, so feel free if you wanna 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 have me say hello. I guess is the right way to say that. Uh, yeah. But uh, any any tips, Matt, as a cameo pro, you've done a bunch. Uh, I would like I would refuse endorsements of any kind. You don't want to do that, okay? Because like you will might make get some of those like requests where it's like sell this, sell that, or like um, I don't know. I've had some political requests and things. Oh, okay. Um, tips. Let's see. So you can pick and choose which ones you want to do a little. Oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And now I believe they've changed it. So if you turn one down, the person gets a refund. Whereas before they got like a credit. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever bought people cameos? Cause I've actually been a customer. I've bought a couple of cameos for people. I have not done that either. No. Oh, so you're not familiar with the experience yet. It's fun. I did. I got, I got a friend, Joey Fatone. Nice. And, uh, probably the best one was Robin Lively. Are you familiar with Robin? Lively? No. You know, uh, well, you know, her sister is Blake Lively. Yes. But the famous one is Robin. She was in Karate Kid 3. Um, <laughs> no, and hers was great. It was really, really great. It's really just embrace whatever um, whatever the person is asking for. So the more information you receive mm-hmm. about what they want you to say, the easier it is to to perform the cameo. That's great. That's okay. Yeah. All right. So I so if you're interested, you know, hit me up for cameo. Hit Matt one up uh, as well while you're there. You can have dueling. Wow, can we do it like a. We should have someone. That would be cool. We do like a double. Yeah, we, not at the same time. We can't but. do a duet. Like no, no, they the they, they probably will allow that in the future though. Oh, that'd be interesting. Imagine that. Cool. Yeah, imagine being paired with someone you don't know and having to like <laughs> <laughs> do a conversation. <laughs> no, that's really exciting though. I I can't wait for you to to dive mm-hmm. in. It's a mm-hmm. it's a fun part. I love being part of that app. So. Yeah. Um, it's really enjoyable. I, I did one a couple days ago that was interesting. It was like a, I, I got asked to like, there was like a talent show of some kind and I got asked to introduce one of the acts and I was like, oh, that's kind of like oh, different. That's a fun way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now nice. what if someone asked you to do like a demonstration? That's the question too. Well, that's the hard part is, I mean, magic's so visual, so you could do something quick. Uh, you know, mind reading by its nature is interactive. So mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to do a lot of like puns of, I know you were thinking you wanted me to wish you a happy birthday and stuff right. like that. And just be, you know, maybe throw in some comedy as well, but uh, we'll see. Maybe watch some of uh, Kreskin's and that might give you some some inspiration. He's on there. Okay, great. I'll do so. <laughs> what, what, do you of, think I was being sarcastic? No, I just, when it, when you think of technologically inclined uh, social media videos, you think Kreskin. <laughs> I I received a cameo from Kreskin. No way. Yeah, someone got me a happy birthday from Kreskin. Did he do any mind reading in it? 
I feel like there was a crystal ball and his hand was on his head, like yes, of predicting course. it was my birthday. So it, it might be along the lines of what you're saying. He predicted that he knew it was your birthday after someone told them it was your birthday. Essentially, yeah, that's that's what took place. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> well, let's move off a of cameo because uh, I uh, I also did a virtual show this week. Well, I attended a virtual show. Uh, we talked about uh, my former camp counselor and now famous comedian uh, Mike Berbiglia, and he threw. He does a, a virtual show. He did. Uh, yeah, he's got a podcast that I've been listening to and catching up on, working it out because he can't go to like clubs, so he's just kind of like having friends on and pitching jokes. Uh, so on one of the episodes, he had Jimmy Kimmel on, and they started talking about pizza, and they decided to do uh, a worldwide pizza party on Zoom. So I attended this. We, Me and my pod got together. We ordered pizzas, and we watched uh, Mike Birbiglia tell jokes, new jokes about pizza, and he talked about how he wanted to get a, uh, a full hour special of just pizza jokes, and then he brought Kim, Jimmy Kimmel on and uh, also um, – uh, Chris Bianco, who's a pizza chef, uh, one of the most famous places. Uh, it, I think he was voted like best pizza in the States. And it's he has a restaurant out of uh, Phoenix, but I think he's originally from New York. And uh, yeah, they talked about pizza and joked about pizza. And Jimmy Kimmel has like a pizza oven in his backyard. And, you know, he's really into pizza as well. So I just nerded out on pizza. And that was a lot of fun. I feel like doing a whole uh, set or show on jokes on pizza is totally doable. Did we ever talk about Fred Armisen's like comedy for drummers? Have you seen that? I haven't seen that, but that's heard great. of it. Uh, no, but I knew he was a drummer, but yeah. oh uh, yeah, Fred Armisen has a special out. I can't remember what it was called. Something like to the tune of comedy for drummers, and like the whole special was like drum related. It was really great, actually. Oh, cool. So yeah, but I like him. That yeah, I do too. Fred, mm-hmm. I'll have to check mm-hmm. that out. I'll, I'll yeah. have to see that. But uh, maybe so, Netflix or something. So I'm just saying, check out if you like pizza. And what was yeah. fun was he mentioned, you know, he grew up in Shrewsbury and uh, and uh, I've been to some of those pizza places he was mentioning that he used to <laughs> frequent. It was a nice I little did, uh, hometown uh, pizza journey. I competed in a magic contest in Shrewsbury once. Does that count? That does count. That's the same. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the other thing I want to br- – since we were talking about tutorials earlier too – uh, you did a uh, interview that people can check out uh, for NEMCON, the New England Magic Convention. Uh, that's what that stands for, right? Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> and uh, you had a great interview talking about uh, Johnny Thompson and uh, everything. Like, you could have done the whole interview, it seemed, on Johnny Thompson, just stories about that. Uh, but then you also taught some uh, some stuff that you were working on and just, like, card stuff. And there was one thing that you showed that I was like, that's really clever. I'd never seen that. Um, with like which a little, little dribble, dribble thing. Hmm. Um, which, which oh, do you recall what it was for? Like the objective? Did it achieve? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're basically forcing someone to select a card, uh, mm. and you're dr- dribbling that, and you're doing a bluff during that uh-huh. as well. Oh, I see. I thought that was really clever. I'd never seen that, and uh, so I learned something from your interview, Matt. And I think I people that. can check out. That I think it's going to be on for maybe like, like another week. About a week, I think. Yeah. So now uh, I, I'm glad you saw it. It was okay. It came off all right. Yeah, you came off great. Yeah, awesome. It was really fun. No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I probably like should have requested to have like approved it or something before it goes out. But I, I'm not one to generally do that, especially in the magic community. Maybe falsely, mm. like I, it just feels like such a, a a family thing to me, especially when it comes to NemCon. So maybe I'm, you know. Yeah particularly trusting when it comes to our friends at NEMCON. Um, the first time, this was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when Tiana came to my house for the first time, my NEMCON badge was hanging. Were you at that NEMCON with me, number I, 30? I think so. In fact, some people actually recall us just like in the corner chatting and jamming, you know, uh, and then they're like, oh, and then they both went on to be on America's Got Talent. Right, right. <laughs> There's just like kids in the corner at one point <laughs> at this convention. And I don't For go to sure. many conventions too. So like that was one I would go to. Uh, because that was my was first local. one in years. I yeah. hadn't been to a magic convention in years because I just finished college. Uh, so I was wrapped up with that. But I had my NEMCON badge hanging and it was NEMCON number 30. So I just had this big badge hanging in my room that said Nemcon XXX. <laughs> and Tiana's like, what the hell is Nemcon XXX? 
<laughs> we laugh about it till this day, like because I don't think she like asked right away. She just kind of saw it and was like, "What is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. what kind of weird <laughs> sex stuff is Matt into?" <laughs> yeah, that's very very funny. Um, but yeah. thank you to the folks at Nemcon. A lot of the folks at Nemcon told me that they listened to the Mind Over Magic. Oh, great! Yeah, thank yeah, you so much so for thank listening. Thank you if you're listening, uh, John Cap, who did the interview. Uh, is, is one of our listeners. So John Cap, if you're hearing this, thank you so much for doing an amazing job. Um, I think Adam Parisi edited it together, a, a talented sleight of hand artist in his own right. Uh, props to you, Adam, and, and thanks for putting that together. And uh, Bill Hoagland, I know, is in charge of putting that all together every year. Uh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, so shout out to all of our friends in the Connecticut area and New England area that put Bill, that you're going to have to come to Vegas on your own because you know Jim Spinato's not coming with you. <laughs> These are all inside uh, references, so uh, Google these names and you can follow them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's funny that uh, that you bring up like Jim, because Jim, Jim, I've done Jim's show at uh, Mohegan, and I actually have some public shows coming up. And uh, you know, I know that's going to be on my radar this summer to get back to Jim's show. But uh, I have um, a couple live shows I should probably announce now. Let's hear it. We'll plug him later, too. But uh, this weekend, um, my friends Harrison and Patrick, uh, they've been doing this online show called The Society of Conjurers and Magicians, which spells out the word scam. And they were doing this as an online show, and they're doing their first ever live show. It's the first post-pandemic magic show. Or it's not post-pandemic, but first live uh, during the pandemic uh, magic show in New York City. Uh, called Scam Live, and I'm going to be a performer at that this coming Sunday, April 4th. Nice. That'll be fun. So obviously all social distance guidelines are involved, and I know that uh, there's uh, kind of like you're, you're going to be grouped in with your pod or whoever you're comfortable with, and then there's like private shows, essentially, kind of like a parlor setup, and then... Um, we're just going to perform and kind of rotate around to these different groups. And it's all about to see if you can get inducted as an audience member into the secret society of conjurers and magicians. Very cool. And uh, so we'll see. This is the first time they're doing it. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more and, uh, you know, we'll learn as we go. But uh, I'm pumped to get out and, you know, do my show again. And uh, especially since my goal last time was to see what was working with my social distance live show. So I've been definitely assessing that and seeing what bits are going to work and what's not and how to still finagle this with all the, the, the social distance rooms so that we're safe. Uh, but I definitely feel so much better that I'm vaccinated and I hope a lot of other people are going to be vaccinated too. But again, keeping those precautions going. Uh, but if you want to check that out, tickets for that, uh, if you are in the New York area and want to get out of your house, uh, magicscam.com slash tickets. You can check that out. Awesome. And then I'll plug one more because at the end of the month, I'm going to be at a new magic venue in Baltimore Whoa. area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, called uh, Magic Mania Theater, uh, which is part of um, fpxevents.com on uh, April 23rd and 24th. And that is a, a show that I'm doing with two other Fool Us contestants. So, um, former Fran contestants. Former contestants, yes. Artists. Artists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How many times do we have to go over this? <laughs> well, it's funny because it's bi being billed as like the Foolers edition. That's uh, fine. And uh, I think I'm the only one on the bill that didn't, Fool pen and tar, but that's fine too. In that case, you can go by contestant if you really want to. <laughs> but uh, it's with uh, Francis Minotti and uh, Eric Jones, uh, hmm. who is also an AGT contest artist. Speaking of artist, yeah. <laughs> so that's right. gonna be a fun show, and you can check out tickets there at fpxevents.com uh, for the April twenty third and twenty fourth. Eric Jones was in Vegas recently, according to Instagram, and he made it look like I was at home napping this whole week with whatever <laughs> he had going on. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where he was. I didn't even know you could do this sort of thing, even in Vegas. But yeah, he was he was having a time. He's he's uh, he's a baller, man. He's great. He was. He was yeah. balling. That's yeah. the perfect word for it. Yeah. More props to you, Eric Jones. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, check those out. You've got your show coming up. 
But uh, um, yeah, 26 days until wow. opening night. We have 60 shows on sale from April 29th through July 5th. Tickets on sale, ticketmaster.com. Search Matt Franco, Matt with one T, and you will find them there. Limited occupancy. Tickets are there while they last. Hope to see you at a show soon here in Las Vegas. You nailed it. Wow, that sounded almost like rehearsed. That was like... You nailed that. You've been doing plugs, huh? (laughs) (laughs) um, I didn't even mean for it to sound all radio hosty. It just came out that way. At least in my head it did. It was funny that uh, the the show I was just promoting is called Foolers because we're recording this on April Fool's Day. And Do you have any... like what What's your feeling about April Fool's Day? I'm just curious. I'm a fan. I would love. I'm going into rehearsal this afternoon around five o'clock, and I would love to like have some sort of glorious prank to just get everyone with. But I can't think of something that's not like you know. I don't want it to be mean spirited. So I think I'm over pranks. I've decided. Uh, you know, you never like pranks. I never like pranks. I used to do them when I was little. The classic one I would always do was put the rubber band on like the sink hose. So like when my parents would. You turn the uh, the knob for the faucet, it would spray them. But uh, other than that, that was like my only prank I would do. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one year I tried the whole like bucket over the door thing. Oh, I never tried any lit. of those real deal ones, no. Yeah, but I, I realized the thing I don't like about pranks is I think they only work when the person getting pranked is having more fun than anyone else. Like yeah, we've they, talked about this. Yeah, if they have fun. so I agree. I just, it's a hard balance to do. I know they're so popular, especially on social media. And even, um, oh. I, I know there's movies and stuff like that as well that, uh, you know, the from the Jokers to the new Eric Andre film that's out. Uh, and even Sasha Baron Cohen. That's going to the next level, like mega pranks, um, which again, have their merits and are funny to watch. But I just feel for people getting pranked. It's like, if they're not having as fun, it sits weird with me. So uh, there was an article I read um, from uh, uh, Jesse David Fox, who writes for Vulture, who's proposing let's shift April Fool's Day away from pranks more towards a celebration of just comedy. And I'm all for this. Mm. I want, like, you know, celebrate jokes, and I like doing bits and that kind of thing. And he's, he's kind of proposing that uh, maybe this should be – akin to Halloween or Valentine's Day, but for humor and comedy. He, he covers comedy for Vulture, so he's already in that world. But he's, he's saying, like, let little kids gr- dress up like Groucho Marx and, you know, like, give, have, have instead of, like, passing candy or, or Valentine's to one another, like, read little popsicle stick jokes or something like that. And I'm on board with this idea. I really like it. <laughs> what do you think? I'm in. I mean, I'm, I never did the physical pranks anyway. For me, it was always about like some elaborate story that you kind of get someone to bite on and then you give the April Fools, you know? Yeah, yeah. but it's just, I mean, also that that's the balance too with our business as well, where we're in the world of deception and how do you balance all the lies you have to do to in order to create magic or mind-reading feelings with being honest at the same time. That's something I'm always struggling with to find that delicate balance and i just don't like lying for the sake of lying and be like i got you i fooled you you know <laughs> no i get it but so does this mean you're going to be zero help in in helping me come up with an april fool's joke for this evening at rehearsal zero yeah, yeah probably okay <laughs> although if i do think of something where you know again the payoff is they're having more fun than you are doing it. how can we guarantee that though uh i mean it's got to be a good prank that's the thing yeah but yeah. you know what's akin to pranks What's that? Sort of, because you got to think about it, I guess. It's oh, oh, diddle me this time. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. <laughs> All right. I guess riddles aren't really pranks, but uh, I wanted to try and segue that. <laughs> that was much better than the transition I was going to do, because I was ready to do it too. And I was just going to come up with a, oh, you're not going to help me? Okay, let's just move on to the riddle. So I, I like that you threw the word akin in there. Anytime oh, you can yeah. use the word akin, I, I'm, I'm in a good mood. This is great, yeah. All right, re- ready for your riddle, Matt? Born. All right, you're born ready for that. Okay, great. Three people go into a hardware store all looking to buy the same thing. William buys one for $1. Billy buys 99 for $2. And Jimmy buys... Uh, seven fifty-seven for three dollars. 
What were they buying? Guns. I, I'm going to repeat that because I might have flubbed it. So all right. uh, three people go into a hardware store, all looking to buy the same thing. William buys one for $1. Billy buys 99 for $2. And Jimmy buys 757 for $3. What were they buying? I can't think of a store that I'd feel more out of place in than a hardware <laughs> store. <laughs> that is very I mean, funny. Yeah, I uh, I I haven't shaken hands in a while, but I held my hand up to someone's uh, this week to, to for a size measurement. There was a reason for this, by the way. We okay, weren't just yeah. like playing a childish game, comparing. And my hands, hands got for called no soft. What's that? <laughs> just you weren't just comparing hands for no reason. No, there was an actual <laughs> okay. reason to okay. it. Um, and my hands were called soft, which <laughs> sure. is an accurate description, which is also an indication that I don't belong in a hardware store. Just one of the many. Um, you've got to keep your hands soft to, 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 to handle the cards, right? It's, it actually is true. Okay, great. I'm yeah, just you don't want to develop calluses. I'm justifying this. Yeah, no, you, you don't want to have developed calluses all mm. over your hands so that you have less sensation in your fingertips sure. and so on. So, sure, sure, sure. Um, so I'm already feel out of my wheelhouse with this. But, but you've but, been to a hardware store. You know things that they sell. Indeed, I do. Okay, they so. sell propane tanks. They sell screws, nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. um, tools. Yeah, correct. But to buy one for one dollar uh, is 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 a small item, and then it's even smaller if you tell me you're getting seven hundred and fifty-seven for uh, three dollars. So that means to me, like seven fifty-seven must be like a brand of something, mm. like kind of like a. a Cause isn't there like a seven fifty seven airline or something like a, a airplane? Yeah, but we're not talking about something that. like that. Yeah, no, no, no. I see where you're going because I really like this riddle because it has some out of the box thinking like that. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. So the the key points are one for one dollar, ninety nine for two dollars, and seven fifty seven for three dollars. Do you have any guesses? No, like. One for one dollar. Ninety nine for two dollars. No, I mean I really can't. I can't figure out what that would be. That like <laughs> right now I just feel like the options are too unlimited. Yeah. For me to really even come up with like I feel like seven fifty seven is the big clue. Did I did I stump you? You think you're just like totally stumped on this one? In this moment, yeah. I mean, honestly, even if you gave me a few hours, I'm not sure I would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I would, but I'm not sure I would come up with a good answer here. This one took me a little while too. Did but you I get just, it though? I, yeah, but I like, I love like this idea. And hardware store is important for this as well. Hardware store. Mm-hmm. They all go in to buy the same thing. Yes, it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. One for well, one dollar. Yeah, not the exact exact, but like they're going to bu- they're going in with the same intent. I gotta buy this, and they're buying that thing. Like, is it a plant? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already gonna give you the buzzer on this, but I am gonna give you a clue because I'm gonna change it up. So, uh, William buys one for one dollar. Billy buys ninety nine for two dollars, and Jimmy buys seven fifty seven for three dollars. That could also be William buys. Three for one dollar. Billy buys eighty-six for two dollars, and Jimmy buys two thirty-seven oh, for like three dollars. It's like the size of a drill bit. Oh, what about the numbers? Is telling you how many numbers in the first one? Single digit. Yep. Billy buys ninety-nine for two dollars. So double digit, meaning ninety-nine. You mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven fifty-seven for three dollars. Hmm. So how many digits in 757? Obviously three. Right. So they're really buying digits. What, what's a digit? So what they went in looking to buy, I'm just going to go for the answer here because yeah, I, yeah. I can see you're struggling. Yeah. They went in buying house numbers. Oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah, William wow. was buying one, so they're just to add it to his house. Uh, Billy buys 99, wow. so he needs two numbers. I can't believe you numbers. got that. 
And then, uh, yeah, 757 is the house number. So you need just digits for your house. In New wow. York, you got to buy a lot more because some of these addresses have just a lot of numbers on right, the houses. Right. And, and then also apartments. So uh, I think I stumped you, man. Oh, big time. <laughs> but I like that riddle. It's really it's a out good there. One. It's a tough one for sure. It's definitely a tough one. So uh, test your friends. And uh, I guess when they don't get it, go, April Fool's. Right. Although when you listen to this, it's not going to be April Fool's anymore. So then you'll just be a jerk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's move on to trivia. Matt picks up the question. Then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia time. Bring it to me, Matt. Okay. This is a multiple choice question. Great. And then it has a, like, what's the answer? And then as a bonus, and why? Oh. Well, let me see if I can get it without the multiple choice first. Oh, sure. Ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so it is April. It is April. We are, my friend, in the month of Easter. Okay, great. I know a little bit about Easter. <laughs> so I have for you some Easter-themed trivia. All right. As uh, someone who celebrated both Passover and Easter growing up, I, that just means I know very little bit about both. So. <laughs> I'm glad you're lazy. Otherwise, you would have figured out that I tend to tie the trivia to like what's going on right <laughs> sure, now, sure, and you'd sure. be doing some research ahead of time. But anyway. As someone who's performing a show on Easter, that's how devout. <laughs> <laughs> um, which animal is used mm-hmm. as a mascot for Easter? No, 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 it's not what you think. Which animal is used in Australia instead of a rabbit? Oh, Jeez, I have no idea the Australian tradition of Easter. Uh, I will need choices for sure. Okay, so, and I didn't write this question, but the actual wording is, which animal is used in Australia instead of a rabbit and why? I don't know why there's an and why, but... (laughs) Okay, great. I can at least provide you that answer when we get to it. But uh, number one, Mm -hmm. uh, or A, however, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, kangaroo. Right. That's immediately the first thing that would come to mind because it hops like a rabbit. Go on. And it's obviously synonymous with Australia, yeah? Right. Of course, yes. B, wombat. Great. C, koala. Hmm. Okay. D, bilby. Uh, Bilby? Bilby. I have never heard of this animal. (laughs) And I love animals. (laughs) I know so many animals. I'm not sure if it's that's how you say it. B-I-L-B-Y. Wow. I'm going to have to look that up later. But uh, yeah, a bilby. So I'm going to, that seems like so out of left field that I feel like it's not that. Um, or it could be that. But uh, I don't, I think kangaroo is too obvious. I think koala, they, I mean, they're a very grumpy animal and they just eat. <laughs> They just eat eucalyptus and nap most of the day. Uh, and have you ever seen a wet koala? They are scary. They are scary looking. Uh, so I'm going to say no. I mean, Easter tends to be, you know, kind of a spring festival that kind of was adopted with the rising of Jesus. Um, let's see. So it's either about like spring or ascension or rebirth or... I'm going to go, maybe it is koala because they nap so long and then they just wake up for a little bit. Uh, but uh, wombat, I'm going to go, mm, wombats are like kind of small, like a rabbit. I'm going to, my gut's just telling me wombat. I'm going to go wombat B. Oh, no. <laughs> Was the it answer, koala? I tell you? Yeah. It's Bilby. I don't know what that is, so I wasn't going to guess it. Listen, Tiana studied animal science. I don't think she knew what a bilby was either. She helped me source this question today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, bilby with its long ears and mouse-like nose in Australia are the animal, and rabbits are not popular there because they damage crops. That makes sense. Yeah, you don't want to bring outside animals to a country that will mess up its ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll have to look up what a bilby is. And I like that you chose a question that you're like, he's not, I'm going to stump him because he doesn't even know what this animal is. I, I didn't know. If, I thought maybe it was just me. I, now I'm not hundred percent sure if Tiana said she hadn't heard of it, but now thinking back, I feel yeah. like she did say that. But, um, yeah, for all I know, you know, just me, cause I don't really know exactly what a wombat is either. I've heard of it, but 
Yeah, it's a small, like, marsupial animal. See, I, I couldn't really... If you told me to draw a marsupial, <laughs> I'd draw, like, a can of soup. I wouldn't even know. Wow. <laughs> uh, at least you had a shot at getting my riddle right, Matt. I don't think... I'd this is multiple chance. choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him for, I guess. You know, though, I do... Because I'm already I'm already mm-hmm. on edge from the correction from last week. Yeah, so now you're, like, double-checking everything. <laughs> well, I didn't double-check, but I do have... I mean, obviously, I could Google it, but I do have a friend that I could check in with that like spent most of his life in australia was born in australia is australian and that i will say like hey like what's the deal with easter it's not a bunny what is it and see if he says bilby in fact let's shout out to our listeners maybe we have someone listening in australia so feel free Mm -hmm. to write us uh email us your uh the the traditions because i'm curious about all these types of traditions around the world as well and just seeing what differences there are uh, but if you want to email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com, we'd love to hear about it. That would be great. So uh, yeah. mi- mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about uh, the Bilby. If you have a photo, that would be great. <laughs> It'd be funny if we're saying it wrong. You know, if it's like Balby, bite, you know, like right. Bible or something. If it wasn't New Zealand, I mean, Bilbo was the Hobbit, and that's where they filmed. Well, if it was L.A., Billy Blanks. <laughs> Yeah. Teaches fitness there. <laughs> um, Matt, I want to follow up on uh, a conversation we've had about things going wrong uh, during shows. You shared your lovely story about ramen, uh, the the ramen trick, and and losing the bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, impossible location. But I did a show this week where everything went wrong. Like the oh. whole show. I did a show, a virtual show, and just the technology stopped working. All of it. My camera turned off at one point. The live stream I was doing stopped. It la- it was laggy. I got comments in the in the the the, te- the chat about it was laggy at first, and I was like, "Oh, it looks fine on my end." And then it just stopped. I was able to at least switch everyone over to Zoom, and we continued the show. But you know, I was definitely flustered, and, and I was you know, kind of just upset at my not myself per se because it wasn't really my performance that was the issue. It was I was at the mercy of the tech not working. Um, so. I don't know if you've had similar things where just like everything didn't work out. And by the way, they were very nice and understanding and shot me an email and was like, yeah, we had tech issues on their end too. And you were great. So, you know, that made me feel better, but it's that old adage of you're only as good as your last show. Mm. And that was kind of what I was feeling right after that. Um, And you know, everyone, like I said, everyone's new to this, even though we've been doing this for a year, people expect, you know, it's, it's not like we've been doing this for 10 years like our live shows. So we are kind of still learning and at the mercy of technology. So people are understanding and I appreciate that. But I'm just curious, is there any moment where like everything went wrong or like your show had to stop even maybe before Vegas or anything like that where you're just like, how do you get back and not let that affect you? Um, I can think of several occasions um, and just stop me if I've already shared any of them in particular, but like, We've had a couple of times where we've had to actually stop down during the show for a period of minutes because of some sort of safety oh. issue or technology issue with the production. I don't think we've talked about that at all on the cast. I don't think we've talked about that personally Ever? either. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I mean, the biggest one was when the whole media server failed several year, years ago and we didn't have a backup, so I had to mm-hmm. do the show. And we may have talked about this. Yeah. I don't know if we familiar. have. So, so you mm-hmm. did you do the show without media or music or anything after that? Just like go basically, yeah. Basically, we got sound working in like one spotlight, and that was that. Mm. <laughs> and I did a show. <laughs> I did like my old college show. Oh uh, wow. You know, on stage here yeah. in Vegas, and um, the audience was. I got lucky, and the audience was really, really awesome about it. But mm-hmm. um, that was one time, and ever since then, we've always had a backup media server for that exact reason. Yeah. Um, that was a big one. And then other ones, like I mentioned, were stop down. So like when I saw Aladdin on Broadway, for example, mm-hmm. I actually was going to see the flying carpet, which was invented uh, by Jim Steinmeier. And I was excited to see it. And the whole new world song began and the carpet was floating, but not flying. And then like they got a few lines into the song and there are two people, Aladdin and Jasmine on the carpet and the curtain closed. And I was like, mm. oh, that was short. That was weird. And yeah. then I realized, oh, they're doing a stop down. 10 minutes later, they started the number from the top. So I did actually get to see it, which was cool. Oh, that is cool. 
So not only have I done it myself in Vegas, but I've also seen like act real Broadway shows have to do stop downs. Um, now, what I've done is I've actually gone out on stage or in the audience to make up for that lost time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, when we had to do a stop down for a technology issue, I went in the house, I took selfies with people and kind of just kept the flow going. And it worked out great. It was actually a lot of fun and it was oh, really spontaneous. Fun. Yeah. And then uh, once the technology was fixed, 10 to 15 minutes later, we just resumed the show. Mm-hmm. So and that were was... you a- were you able just to jump back into the show as if nothing happened and just continued on, or what did that affect you in any way? Yeah, it was always in the back of my mind that like I had to kind of keep the pace moving. I didn't want to be ten minutes behind, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's just mm-hmm. in my head to kind of keep the pace moving, maybe not let a bit drag on if it doesn't have to, not use yeah. it as an opportunity to sort of flex improvisational muscles, but to really just hit the hit the key points and kind of keep the show mm-hmm. moving and rolling would be probably yeah. the only real adjustment I may have made. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. And I and I I just always have in the back of my mind when things go terribly wrong, like the mark of a professional is how they handle that and kind of go forward. And almost sometimes, hopefully, you try to make it seem like nothing's ever even happened, you know, and that's ideal. I remember seeing Lance Burton when I was little, and I don't think I'm if I told this story. Sorry, you're hearing it again. (laughs) But um (laughs) Uh, something happened with one of the illusions uh, wasn't set up right or, or wasn't ready to go. And they just closed the curtain and like his stage manager came out and he just like started having this conversation with them. It was like, Oh, it's not ready. Okay, great. And you know, he was just like calm and casual and it almost seemed like it was planned and part of the show. Like the audience couldn't tell <laughs> right, like, right. anything was happening. They're like, Oh, this is a weird choice to just throw that in. But like, Oh, it seems like it's rehearsed or right, know, part right. of it. And I've always that's always stayed with me to be like, that's how you handle these situations. It was another thing to do it while things were failing and I'm running the whole show by myself. So I'm like trying to see what's happening and do other stuff. And I'm just kind of like, you know, obviously apologizing, like, bear with me as we figure out the stuff and we're going to jump over to Zoom. And everyone was super, uh, you know, again, understanding and, you know, went with me as the tech happened. But I think the most disconcerting part was like I couldn't figure out what was happening in the moment because just so much is happening on my mind of thinking about performing as well Mm -hmm. but even after the fact like usually i can find out what happened after the fact and still i think it was just a random tech glitch Ooh, it's unsettling when you can't duplicate the error that happened especially with exactly exactly and things are updating all the time too so it's just like maybe it's a compatibility thing or maybe it was a thing with YouTube servers at the moment, uh, you know, that that's the tricky part. So uh, I have shows coming up. I've adjusted and just like until I can figure out or recreate the problem, you know, I've ju- adjusted to, to Zoom only shows, but uh, I'm just going to keep testing it. And uh, as long as I you get proof that it's working again, I can jump back to that other format. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, I was bummed, man. I was like yeah. really beating myself up after that show. <laughs> Um, I'm coming at you with two completely mm -hmm. opposing angles on this. Like, I'm so uh, torn on this because part of me says, oh, man, I feel your pain. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. And then that part of me that is sort of probably biased because I haven't performed live in over a year Mm -hmm. is like, it's no big deal. You know, meditation Matt is over here going, yeah. It's all good. You handled it fine. You brought it to Zoom. Everyone was Mm -hmm. happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that I can maintain that. But I know that, you know, frustration and feelings uh can override that sense of calm when you're when you're under fire essentially yeah and that's the thing too is i after a day you know i was fine with it again Mm -hmm. i was like okay i'm not beating myself up because things happen and you can only do so much uh as well and i mean that's the old adage of why you go to the live shows is for the chance or something to go wrong <laughs> kind of otherwise kind of, yeah. you just watch a recording where it's perfect you know right right yeah <laughs> um so to be in that moment and when anything could happen literally anything could happen i guess so uh you know we try and mitigate those things um but i was gonna bring up i, I kind of recall a story was there a college show where the fire alarm went off oh gosh that what did happen that to story? me in iowa yeah what yeah, happened there and how uh, did you deal with it <laughs> Wow. Because um, it's all those I, things I, that are outside your what, control, what, right? That's the thing where it's not in your control and you can't, you know, you just have to go with whatever happens. 
Yeah, and that's the thing now. Like, I'm more, I, I, I'm at the mercy of things outside of my control now more than ever because there's so much more technology, and so I'm relying on other people, sound, lights, technology. Like, there's so many things that I, I just expect things um, at this point. Like, I'm ready to go to the contingency plan on just about anything at any time. Uh, but yeah, in the college stuff. It was less that could go wrong because I was controlling my own sound cues. So, like, if my little sound box was working and it was plugged in correctly and the cable was good, mostly everything in the tech side was going to go as planned. Right, yeah. Unless we lost power, like we lost lights and everything. But, yeah, a fire alarm went off. I can't remember why, um, but literally we all had to evacuate the, uh, (laughs) the performance area. And uh, the auditorium, show. and In I the middle the of the stage, show. and then yeah. I just went outside with the students and hung out, <laughs> like like a fire drill, until we were allowed back in. In which case, I just had to continue performing. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> but there was no secret to like how I did it. Like yeah. there, were, I can't tell you any special, you know, Tricks. tips of why yeah. I was good at it, or even mm-hmm. if I was. All I know is that's what happened, and I powered through. <laughs> Yeah, in a lot of those cases, too, you just have to call that elephant in the room of, like, that was weird and awkward, but you all experienced that together, and then you can all kind of, once you point it out, just be like, all right, we're back in gear and try and get back to the the show as normal as can be. My memories are of that being a fantastic show. I really love the way, uh, uh, several years before a pandemic, the way people were packed in. And the, yeah. the height of the stage and everything for me was just perfect. It was a narrow room, not so wide where I have to like everyone had a great view. So I, I have uh, recollections of it being a great show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that actually happened to me. I did, was uh, performing at a private high school in the fire alarm. Uh, I guess like something in the, the sound booth with some rechargeable batteries like started smoking and uh, a student just like yelled like, uh, "There's smoke! Everyone evacuate!" and pulled the fire alarm or whatever. Uh, bec- and the, the, you know, but it happened right at the end of my show. So as it was happening, it was just kind of like, "Ah!" Uh, and here's the ending: boom, 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 boom. And then we all evacuated. <laughs> as, oh my god! So then it was just like, "All right, how much of this stuff can I clear out?" Because I knew it also wasn't a like a, a major disaster. I was like, "Can I clear out my stuff before the building's locked down so I can just like..." hop in my car and leave but mm-hmm. <laughs> i right, didn't have right. to wait around and wait for the okay from the the firefighters who showed up and then i could pack up my stuff uh, but yeah it's uh it's one of those things it's like w- things can go wrong and you try and have backup plans for when they do but sometimes those backup plans don't work and then then it's just like when when there's nothing else you can do you just kind of have to accept it i guess yeah, you got to move on to the next thing. I don't know. I'm I'm gearing up for all those things now. I mean, with, there's mm-hmm. enough there's enough new segments in the show uh, <laughs> that we're all learning. Like everyone has new tracks. We've expanded our team, so we have a lot of uh, new blood coming in that are, you know, responsible for things that they haven't done before yet. So we're rehearsing as hard as we can for the next 26, 27 days. But I know there are going to be bumps along the way, and that's yeah. all part of it. Like you said, that's mm-hmm. what live theater is about. So mm-hmm. I love the process of sort of refining those moments and getting them to where they need to be. Like that's yeah. the, just the nature of trying new stuff. It's not, it's not going to be whatever whatever it is now. It's hopefully an improved version twenty days from now and a hundred days from now and 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 yeah. uh, onward and upward. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's different, too, like when you're selling tickets to a show and if something goes all haywire, it's like, oh, okay, that's one bad show, but or whatever. If people didn't have the best experience, it's you can kind of write it off if all the other shows are good and your reviews are still coming in. You know, like it's it's kind of a drop in the bucket, so to speak, or drop in the ocean, I guess is the phrase. Um but again, as a performer, you can't ever telegraph that it's not as good as what it could be because you're no. trying to, you know, mitigate that. Uh, but when it's something obvious like a fire go- fire alarm going off oh, and, right. or tech issue going off wrong, you can't really do much about that. It, it can be a terrible show for you as the performer and still mm-hmm. be great for the audience. So the yeah. audience cares much less than we do about like. Mm-hmm how we feel about the show and yeah, whether or yeah. not we walk off feeling good about it. They mm-hmm. are there. Um, 
for their to, to have an amazing experience and a great night out. And that's what we're trying to give them. Whether or not the curtain opened two seconds later than you wanted it to. Right. Whether or not the sound cue came in three seconds later than it was supposed to, or the second spotlight didn't work and you're the only one who knows it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's important to remember their experience is paramount. That's what it's really about. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to give them no matter what happens, essentially. Yeah. And I think in terms of kind of the way that I do my shows for specific clients, sometimes you're just going to cut your losses, too. It's like, well, if they weren't happy, you know, if they, they felt as bad about the show as I did, then, uh, well, I'm not just going to book that client again. Sorry. Or they're not going to book me again. I guess we'll just move on. And sometimes you got to fall off that horse and just get back on. And there's other clients and so forth. Luckily, with this one, this was actually a rebooking. So they had seen my show and know that I do a good job even in this virtual space. So this was just a kind of a one-off. And so that was a, made me feel a little bit better. But if this was like a new client or something like that, if it was that bad, I, I think I would just be like, yeah, uh, that's too bad with that client. And there'll be other clients. <laughs> I think See, I would never want to burn that bridge. No, I never want to either. Yeah. But if the bur- bridge is already burned, I think no, that's kind of the No, it's not. <laughs> you did everything you could do. <laughs> You know, you're making it sound worse than it is because really what you're saying is you care about your work and you care about Absolutely. your clients to, to give them the best experience. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, something happened outside your control. Mm-hmm. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're understanding with it because it really is outside your control. If yeah. they're not, that's when you say, gosh, what could I have done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? That's exactly. what you're saying, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Absolutely. I'm making you a little more um, affable here. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's always something that I do is we're, and, and we do this as performers. I know a lot of performers do this where we focus more on the negative than any of the positives. We, we do talked about that on the cast about reviews and so mm-hmm. forth. It's just human nature uh, to try and always be your best and put your best self forward. And when you don't live up to your own expectation for yourself, that's when it's, you know, that ego blow, <laughs> you know, blow reviews are a helpful thing though. Like if you're going to go on vacation before you plan your activities, Skim some reviews. See what the overarching message is. Sure. Yeah. Really, it, it can be a helpful thing. Yeah, you should look at an average of reviews rather of than one offs or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, wanted to get that off my chest and uh, just say that I'm really looking forward to tonight's show because again, I think it's going to go much better. And you always, well, now I know. Yeah, I know what one. you mean. I know <laughs> what you mean by that. It's like yeah. you're only as good as your last show. It's like, oh man, I got to make up for this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's how you feel. Yeah, and then just uh, again another rebooking rebooked client tonight. Uh, you know they've had me several times, so I, again I know they they like what I do, and just uh, you know I'm gonna you know look forward to having another good show. Just kind of like again another drop in the ocean of that other bad show that they they still happen from time to time, and again it's not always the performing part that that makes it. And it's not even that it was a bad show; it was still a good show. It's just right, but you not felt bad to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I love ending on a negative note like this, so tell me your goals. <laughs> We're on the goals. Uh, ooh, so, uh, yeah, we, we talked about our goals last week. Um, I was just going to try and assess what was working in my social distance live show. I think I've done that, and I'm going to apply that to the shows this weekend and later this month that are also live and social distanced and uh, just navigating the uh, the props and the distance so i guess my goal now is i've back to graphics and branding i finalized my logo design the new logo design so now it's actually building the website so i want to get steps towards the actual coding and design of that so i'm back to website that's my goal yeah look laser focus for me uh and this will be for the next few weeks because we're 26 27 days away from the reopening of magic reinvented nightly at the link hotel and experience (laughs) That's super radio voice now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm laser focused on getting all of that off the ground. So that's definitely my goal. Uh, question for you before we sign off, though. Uh, what would you rate this episode if you had to grade us? Would you, you know, A, B, C, D, F? What do you, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to let the reviews speak for themselves hey! and look at a <laughs> look at an average of them. I don't want to look at just the one-off. <laughs> I think we did go. I, what do you think? Solid B today? I would say I had a blast. I was. I you think had, higher? I think we did well. You think, think we did we an did A well. today? Yeah. In fact, right. you can let us know uh, by uh, rating and reviewing the the podcast on wherever you're listening to this. 
Uh, let us know if you're having fun. Um, tell five us stars friends. automatically because just for the algorithm, you got to do five stars. But then write to us and tell us if it was a C or yeah. a B. You can be honest with us directly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we'd love for you to share the podcast with some friends that you think would dig this as well. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a picture of a bilby or tell us your Easter traditions from around the world uh, or Passover. Uh, I've already broken Passover, by the way. <laughs> what does that mean, broken it? So you're not allowed to have leavened bread because uh, walking through the desert, the bread they brought didn't rise. So that's why you eat matzah on Passover. Ah. And I definitely had pizza for the pizza party. That, that, ah. That's dough that rises. <laughs> you got pizza for a virtual pizza thing? <laughs> it was during Passover. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's, that is great that you did. Look, I could see the temptation for sure. Plus, you love pizza. <laughs> I do love pizza. Now that I want a, pizza today. That is a fact about me. But I also like matzah. Matzah is tasty to me, too, even though it mm-hmm. just is very plain and uh, crackery. Anyway, uh, but uh, tell us your traditions from around the world, if you'd like to tell us uh, uh, around uh, any of these holidays, these uh, spring holidays. Uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod on everything. And, uh, yeah, check out those live shows. We got Scam Live this weekend at magicscam.com slash tickets and uh, Magic Mania Theater uh, April 23rd and 24th. You can see me with Eric Jones and Francis Minotti um, through uh, Scott Alexander's the one who's kind of putting this uh, magic show all together. Uh, so shout out to Scott and uh, his team there. Uh, you can buy tickets there at fpxevents.com. And then your show, One More Time, Matt, opens April 29th. Where can they get tickets? Ticketmaster.com, Matt Franco, Magic Reinvented Nightly. So lots of stuff happening. Thank oh. you. Oh, yeah. We turn 40 next week. It's going to be a big one, this podcast. Mind Over Magic turns 40 next week, and that's weeks, not years, but be there. It's a big one. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, has it already been 40 years? This pandemic is feeling so <laughs> No, it, it is a big one, though. 40 weeks. I've got big plans for it. Oh, so. good. Excellent. we got to live the life for the cast, man. We're going to be living life for the cast. <laughs> But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be there next week. It's going to be a good one, right? Yes, of course. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And uh, Matt, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Do you think they can review us on Yelp, too? Like Yelp reviews for podcasts? Or is it just on... Does that exist? I don't know. I'm just thinking. I know Vegas shows have Yelp reviews. I don't know. Check out Matt on Yelp. Give him a review. Give his show a review. TripAdvisor, Ticketmaster. Let's get it going. All reviews. (laughs) Bye-bye.